You said what, love? <laughs> you have my computer, sir. I got you. Here you go. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, yo, my check, my check, my check, my check. Um, my welcome to the Keep It Simple podcast, y'all. My check. This was my theme song in high school. Well, college, actually. College. What is this? Take care? Yes. So? Yes. Yeah. Are you going to tell that, tell that story about how you think you should say, yo, Lado, Lado, Lado? Can you not? Lado, Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh my god. Oh god. Alright, man. <laughs> Alright, man. Y'all want it. Um, I mean, people did used to say, hey, love. So everyone had like a little thing? Yes. Yeah, mine was Domo. Domo, Domo. So everyone had a little thing? That was how I intro. Like, I you, you were literally behind me when I did it. <laughs> I heard like you probably do with me. Okay. You're my line, buddy. You're shit. By the speed of line. What's line? <laughs> As you wearing your. All right. Hey man. Uh, actually, that was a lot of shit. Hey man, check, 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 check it in. Um, what's up, y'all? This is the uh the Keep It Simple podcast. Um, Keep It Simple Stupid actually podcast. Um, we are a place where we have conversations. Um, with all of the nuance and expertise. But uh, with none of the jargon, or as I like to call it, NPR, but for niggas. Uh, my name is Damo. My pronouns are he, him, his, and real nigga. Um, my background is in economics, um, educationally, and uh, that's where I work in. Um, and I currently also work in some political spaces. I'm actually lucky enough to uh, be working on a campaign uh, for the 2020, uh, 2022 um, congressional cycle. Um, and I'm currently trying to figure out how to flip Texas blue. Um, to my left, man, I got my homie Low Money. What up, Low? Hi. Um, I feel like I have to formally introduce myself as Low because y'all are all despite you know, I go by Lauren Low. Um, born and raised from Dallas. I work in IT and fashion and sports, just a lot of different worlds. But I come to the pod to just bring um a well-versed, unbiased opinion as a woman, you know, with two of my favorite educated friends. So Leto, what's up? What's going on, man? Hey, everybody. Name's Leto, Leto Cole. Um, how to describe myself? Student of life, you know, um, lover of sports, lover of shoes, lover of fashion, um, just lover of life, man. I literally do anything, right? Um, <laughs> that came off wrong. I'll experience anything, right? Um, so I just, just take that type of approach to life, to work, to corporate. Um, and I guess I'm just here to represent for... Um, the ignorant niggas, right? Um, that really don't know much about shit, but can speak from um, that perspective, and also somewhat an educated perspective. Like I'm educated, I got an MBA, all that other good shit. So, so, so you're the target audience, is what you're saying? Yeah, I'm the target audience. The target audience. I'm, I'm here to speak for us. Okay. Um. So, exactly, what do you guys hope to gain from the pod? Like, what do you what do you expect to like contribute? Um. What What do you think this podcast will look like? I think for me, I want us to be able to use our platform responsibly to just be able to educate those of us that are educated but not informed um, to just be more familiar with what's happening in the world and what we can do to be able to control the little bit that we can. Um, for me, I think there's been this shift, right, um, of people 
trying to understand things, right? Uh, a lot of times, especially uh, young black people um, in, in history, hasn't really cared about politics or cared about the things that were going on in the world just because we have so much shit to take care of and worry about ourselves. Um, and I think since the shift of the world is changing, um, for people to be more knowledgeable about things, I think that we can step in and, you know, be that uh, guys um, or uh, conglomerate to, you know, give that info out to the world. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I totally agree. Um, so, like I said, I, I really want this to be a space where we have these conversations that are that are seemingly complex. And I say seemingly because, honestly, um, half this shit ain't nowhere near as complex as people make it out to be. Um, I, I mean, mean, go ahead. You're very well versed and educated in this world of economics and politics, so that's easy for you to say. I mean, I mean, but even even with me being well versed, I can tell you like these are all like really simple concepts. To be honest with you, we just like have to get to a point where we demystify it. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like the complexity of um, politics is to an extent voter suppression. Like that complexity adds to the voter apathy. Um, it adds to like just the misinformation. Like we have to get to a point where we really are demystifying, um, where we really demystifying all of these things. Um, because that's I mean that's that's really the issue. Like you have people who really say that their vote doesn't matter. They don't understand why to vote. They don't understand really like the basic concept of governance. And honestly, this ain't that hard. But we haven't done a good job explaining it. So hopefully that's what this space is. Um. But, um, like I said, we want to do this stuff with some expertise, um, with some folks that actually know what they're talking about and what they do here. So, um, I want to introduce one of my homies, um, friend of the show, um, hey, yo. overall <laughs> cool person. Let me get my, uh, let me get my, my drops to, let me get a hand clap for, um, Kayla, what's up, man? What's up? How you doing? Hey guys, I'm doing well. How are you? Let me get your let me get your hand clap. Let me get your hand clap. One time, one time, one time, one time, one time. That's a long ass hand clap. Um so why don't you uh tell the people about yourself, your background, and uh kind of what you're doing right now, and then we'll transition to the rest of the conversation. Cool. Hey everyone, I am my name is Kayla. Um I am from Maryland, Fiji County, Maryland. Um hey. and I pretty much grown up and work in, worked in D.C. throughout my life. Um, and so basically I grew up around the political scene, around Capitol Hill, the White House. Some of my friends that I went to school with were probably like the children of politicians. Um, so it was in my world growing up. Um, and my mom volunteered on the Obama campaign and I started going to the campaign office with her like every day. It became my thing. I was probably in like fifth grade when this happened. Um, and that's when I really got introduced to grassroots politics, meeting people in Maryland, democratic politics, and really just getting interested in it. Um, and then I went to intern on Capitol Hill for my first internship for Steny Hoyer, who is the majority whip of the house now. Um, and I recently just graduated from Syracuse University in May. And now I am working at the DNC. And this past cycle, I had the pleasure of working in coalition with the Biden campaign on faith engagement and African-American engagement, as well as online community engagement. Um, so I'm pretty much focused on meeting voters where they are online, 
and trying to figure out who we need to be talking to. And meeting them via podcast. Um, no, now when we talk about online, you also run this really dope social media platform. Um, is it at the Executive T? Yeah, it's called the Executive T. Exactly. Why, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? What you're trying to do with that? Yeah. Um, so I went to Syracuse, and during my freshman year is when the election happened between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And because I had always liked politics, it was clearly like a very, very depressing time. Um, and I had always been kind of a nerd about politics, but when Donald Trump came into play on the scene, I noticed a lot of people were talking about it more. My friends were having conversations with me more about politics. So I figured it was the perfect way to, um, get people involved since they were already actively talking about it more and get them more engaged and kind of break down the issues to them. So when I was coming up with it, I was kind of thinking of like, okay, how do I explain the Russia investigation to someone who doesn't pay attention to politics that much? So basically kind of what you were talking about as well, just engaging people like us into the issues more so that it's easier for them to understand and that they can be a part of that process and be able to have opinions and feel like they're valuable in it. Um, So that's why I started that platform. And yeah, I've just been pretty much going with it ever since. Okay, um, so we got some questions that we're going to ask you. We're going to kind of uh, respond to them as well. Um, I guess I'll go first, um, okay. and then we, we, we can follow up. Um, so take me back to Election Day. Um, or actually not Election Day, because due to the vote-by-mail thing, we had a election little bit days. of delay. Yeah, the, the Election <laughs> Days. Weeks. Um, not nah, facts. Take me back to when you found out that Donald Trump would no longer be president. Um that moment was that more a moment of excitement that joe biden and kamala harris um would be leading the executive branch or was it more of a relief that trump was out of here yeah so i will i feel like i'm always going to remember that moment because it just was such an incredible time and i don't think i can ever forget it after how stressful the four days before that were But I had been going on lives on Instagram. I had been going on Instagram lives on the executive team throughout the election to kind of keep people updated on what was going on. Um, So that I think it was a Saturday morning. I was on Instagram live and I was just chatting about everything going on. And someone commented in the live breaking news. And, you know, during that time when CNN had breaking news, it was always something like pretty big, like, ah, what is it? And so I looked at the TV. And it said Joe Biden elected president. And I was just like, oh, my God, like and I was on live. So I had to I tried to, like, maintain my composure. But I yelled like, mom, like, oh, my God, mom. (laughs) Um, And people were DMing me that that that's how I reacted. And then I ended the live because I just had to celebrate. I had champagne in the freezer already. So I had to get that out. And I had my speaker on and it was just. The best moment ever. Lo, about you? I mean, I was kind of doing the same thing as Kayla. I was downstairs minding my business. And I, I think, briefly went upstairs for just like something. And I was in my room and saw on the TV. Like, I didn't even see it. I think I heard it first that, you know, breaking news, it's actually confirmed. And tears just like welled in my eyes. Like, I was so ecstatic. I was relieved. There were so many different emotions that were coming. Um, and that doesn't even like touch the surface of what it felt that night when they came and did their like exception like speech. So it sounds like you you have more of an excitement 
Then a relief? Or, it was, or I don't want to put it words was in both. Mouth. I mean, for me to be emotional, it was like, of course, we're excited because it's a black woman that's going to be in office. It's our SOAR VP that's going to be doing this. But it just almost was like, finally, some peace in some sense. Like, yeah. maybe the world doesn't have to keep ending forever because that's exactly what it's been feeling like with pandemic, with you know, this man in office that's just losing his mind. Like, it was just so much. That was the first day, especially after, like, four or five consecutive days of we don't know what's about to happen, to just be like, okay, so maybe there's, like, a silver lining. Okay, so, um, I'm gonna get you the second letter. But, um, you, you brought up your shore VP, which you've, you, mm-hmm. you've been using that, um, uh, very, a lot. Versus, you've yes. been using that a lot. Um, so, so behind, so uh, a little bit of context. We've been doing these practice podcasts um since what probably october 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 mid november mm-hmm. um so we, so we've been together and we know each other we're like friends in real life so um we've been together just getting our rhythm down um for like the past two th- two to three months mm-hmm. um so lo has been calling um kamala harris <laughs> vice president of kamala harris sore vp since um the day she won that election i mean um so here's your opportunity i want to ask you this question what does it mean to you as a black woman um as an AKA, um, as all of the intersections you are, to have a vice president that looks like you, it just feels like like a sound mind. It makes me feel. Um, I mean, it's invigorating in the sense of knowing that there's somebody doing something that can showcase for all of us, for us that are present, past, future, to come and be able to aspire to do that. Let alone to just represent and speak on behalf of us as Black women, as an HBCU grad, as a soror of one of the most prestigious sororities, you know, to just be the face of that and to take pride in that. I feel like that's something that we really just needed despite this year that we've had, despite just this cycle that we've had for this attack on Black women. It just felt like a win for us. Okay, it well, still does. Let me not speak over black women. Let me not speak over black women. Kayla, let me ask you you the same question. What's it mean to you when you see Kamala Harris as uh, your VP? I'm saying VP because I'm tired of that election. That's my vice president. Is? Yeah. um, So for me, I remember on election night, I had actually wanted to cry. I don't know how I couldn't like get the tears out. Like when I first, first found out. But I remember when I watched her that night and she was wearing the white and she had her nieces with her and it was just that's the moment that really made me emotional even now I feel like I'm almost I'm getting emotional (laughs) thinking about it but just seeing that um just seeing her up there is just really it just means so much inspiring is it's of course it's very inspiring but it's also just amazing to see a black woman who has excelled at every part of her career that's a big fact. Yeah, to make it to this point, she 100% deserves it. And it's incredible to see and to just know that my vice president is a Black woman, you know, someone who I can relate to in, hey. as the vice president. That means a lot to me. So, hey, but let me hit an air horn. My, uh, air horn. Air horn. Made an air horn from my, uh, my, my VB. And like I said, I'm tired of that election. Probably that cream um, suit is what you need an air horn for. Because she did that. <laughs> hey, yeah, later. Um, she did that. Hey, later. So, 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 so we, so we found out on election night also that, um, that although we did maintain control of the house and, um, we have now control of, uh, uh over the White House, um, the Senate was still a play. 
and the way the center was still in play was was it two runoff seats in a traditionally red state of Georgia. So um, I, I'm gonna ask. Actually, I'm, I'm gonna ask later first, and I'm gonna go to Caleb. Um, did the fact that we still didn't have the Senate in control kind of curve your enthusiasm? Um, what were your thoughts going into what we now know is these? It was what. 60 days of frankly just political warfare in Georgia. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't even say that I had enthusiasm, right? Because um, you asked them the question like Trump, were you more relieved that Trump lost or uh, Biden won? I was more relieved that Trump lost. Like you could have put anybody up in that hole and I would have like voted for the other person. So I was more relieved that Trump lost. Um, on the second, second end of that, I was enthused that Kamala uh, was going to be our vice president right um just because of everything that lo said representation um when i do have children i can know that i know that um my young black daughter will have um not just her to look up to but just people in positions of power everywhere um in this world um and she can look at look, look to them for representation um but i don't think that curved the enthusiasm um for um like a as, as we like to call it, Black Twitter, uh, we was going to be lit no matter what, right? Um, and I don't think that people fully understood um, what the runoff election was. I think most of America was like, oh, that shit in Georgia, I ain't going to worry about it, right? Um, you had a couple people like, hey, we need to make sure that we're backing up Georgia. We need to do this, do that, donate to this, that. But most of us didn't know like what that meant. Um, but having a good understanding of a president having the support of both um, and the possibility of things being held up um, kind of curved my enthusiasm a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. Let me ask you the same thing. Um, now you're a little bit more into political spaces. Um, and I can say personally, I did a backflip. Um, when I say I did a backflip, I like mentally did a backflip because um, it's in high school no more. Um, and then I got in my car and I drove and I blasted, um, all Atlanta and Philly music for like a whole day. Um, I, I was an all state track runner in high school. Okay. You know, moving on. Um, Ayo, Ayo, timestamp 1829. Bet. Um, but no, um, Y'all are, y'all are foolish. Actually, I'm taking my back up. Y'all are yeah, fool- thank you. Y'all are, fo- y'all are fucking foolish. <laughs> Don't silence Caleb, us. We were saying that he can't do a backflip. I can do a backflip in my prime. Um, prime. In my prime. Um, I'm very far past my prime. That being said, um, no, since you and I both work in, work in these political places, or me more, Jason, and you like actually there, um, I feel like we're a little bit more in tune. So um, I was excited for like probably a day and a half. And then my anxiety went directly to Georgia. So, um, essentially, essentially the same question: Did the prospect of Georgia, or the fact that that the frankly the the legislative agenda for this administration for the first two years at least laid at the foot of Georgia politics? What what was your feeling in kind of that sixty day window where we didn't really know? Yeah, it was. I was definitely. It was very stressful. I was definitely very anxious. Um, I tried to have faith, though, kind of like I don't know what our motto was on the campaign to keep the faith while we were waiting through all of the vote by mail ballots to be counted. But 
yes, I was definitely very anxious, but at the same time, very confident in the work of the Georgia organizers on the ground, very confident in things that people like Stacey Abrams um, and other Black organizers on the ground did there. So I tried to just kind of put it in the back of my mind a little bit, but it definitely, I would just think about like everything lies in Georgia. Like no, big facts. Um, so, yeah. so, so, so we went Georgia. Um, and when I, and I don't even want to say we because I sent out like seventeen text messages. I'm not gonna pretend like I did all that work. Um, so I was, so shout out to all the organizers that did that work in Georgia. Um, like big facts, y'all like legitimately saved democracy. So, um, love y'all forever. Um, so we went Georgia, right? Um, how did that did, did that give you like a release or like you know an ability to be more excited? Um, you know, w- w- was your celebration equal? To when to when we uh when we found out that Ossoff won because we found out Warnock won a little bit earlier, but when we like confirmed that Ossoff won, was your was your celebration similar to, um the Biden Harris ticket winning? Well, yeah, definitely. Well, based on everything that happened that day, the actual celebration, no, because that was just a super crazy, chaotic, and upsetting day. <laughs> we'll but get to, we'll get to it. <laughs> Excite, but the excitement about it was yes, it was very powerful because it's just like wow. So we have the White House, we have Congress, um, we have so much potential to actually get things done. So it makes me very hopeful to like get to work and to know some of the really great things that I hope to accomplish in the role that I'm in now, and just that Democrats can do as a whole moving into this Biden administration. Well, how'd you feel? We win Georgia. What's your next thought? Um, I feel like we went to sleep hoping that they were gonna win, and then the morning it kind of just happened. There was like, oh, oh, you slept? I did. I'm a sleeper. I'm a a sleep. It don't matter what's happening. I'm a sleep. Yo, I did. I I did not. If I'm gonna do anything, listen. If I'm gonna do anything, I'm gonna sleep. Smoking and watching MSNBC. I'm not gonna lie to you. Well, but, I had to be but, up but you know, at but you know, seven. I'm not, I'm not healthy. I'm not logical. But go ahead. My bad. I was about to say, I had to be up for seven at work anyways. So, I mean, once I was up, I was just kind of relieved. I could breathe into that. But the day progressed so fast with so much chaos. It felt like it was really like short-lived celebration. Okay. So, you know, you and Kayla both mentioned the chaos. Um, this shit was chaotic. I, I don't, I don't want to call it a coup. Um, I prefer to call it a white supremacy temper tantrum. Um, I think a coup has. What are more... they saying? An insurrection. Yeah, I mean that's just a fancy word. Um, so <laughs> can, I, can I say something? No, nah, I'm, I'm I'm coming to you, I'm coming to you first, bro. Hey, I I said I got you. Oh, hey, hey, bro, let, 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 let me feed you the pass. Okay. Let me feed you the pass. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about to tear you up. Yeah, I did. Hey, I'm, All right, Tony Parker. Hey, hey yo, and, and I'm trusting you here. Not, not oh, don't trust me. <laughs> okay. Um. So let me go a little first. Um. You have no choice. <laughs> what were your thoughts after the attempted coup elector? First, um, you, you said the word insurrection. I was like, I don't know what the fuck insurrection <laughs> means. That's first what off, Trump got impeached yeah. based off of inciting an insurrection. No, I know that now. But when they first was like these insurrectionists, I was like, insurrection, what? I'm just being honest. I told you I speak for the niggas that like don't know shit. Okay. Um, but secondly. And you do that so well. <laughs> hey, fuck you. Um, so secondly, um, I was just looking at this shit. I was like. Did these just get into the White House? It was, like, it was the Capitol. The Capitol. The Capitol. See, 
ignorant people were saying White House. But I was like, did they just get into the Capitol? Right. I right. mean, it was just so much disbelief from seeing them outside of the Capitol to at the doors and the windows of the Capitol to actually being inside. And honestly, that quick transition from them being outside to inside, like that panic for me just shot through the roof because I'm like, if there's all these people that are going to attack or whatever they're, you know, whatever chaotic run they're about to do, it just seems like harm. And so all I could think about was black people in that space that would be the first targets, you know? So once it was kind of relief to know that, you know, Kamala wasn't in that space, that Nancy and them had gotten removed. It was relief, but it was still just like fear. The fact that we could have been witnessing a lot of like wild shit on live TV if, you know, things would have went differently. Jokes aside, that's the fastest I've ever saw white people move. <laughs> uh. No, because like I, I, I tell you, I was watching the news and it was like, okay, Trump's about to come out here and speak because Rudy Giuliani just spoke. I hopped on a business meeting and then I turned back to my TV and niggas was in the Capitol. It happened so fast. It, was, was, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't a niggas in there. <laughs> well, Actually, it was two of them. It was, it was, it was two. <laughs> oh. I'm trying to get them stimmies. <laughs> hey, 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 check, check, check. Um, uh, Kayla, um, <laughs> You're you're foolish. Um, nah, right. That's actually interesting as fuck. Um, take me to because I I guess my thing was I didn't really even get to celebrate Georgia. Um, and honestly, that Georgia celebration, I had a lot of stuff planned. You know, I was gonna take a weekend. I was gonna disconnect, and then I get a text message from one of my friends who, um, like works on the hill. Yo, they're storming the Capitol, and I'm in hiding right now. Um. Tell me what your thought process was when you saw that white supremacy temper tantrum. Temper tantrum. Yeah, take where place. were you? Yeah. So craziness. Um, so I just actually moved like a week ago to Ar- I'm in Arlington, Virginia, which is I'm about ten minutes away from DC and the Capitol. Um, and I had actually gone to Walmart that morning because I had just moved. I had to get a new TV. And people were telling us to kind of be on high alert for the protest that was going on. But I didn't expect to encounter it like that early in the day. It was probably like 8 a.m. And there were like a bunch of Trump supporters who were refusing to put a mask on and they had to call police. And it was like this whole thing. They had a huge stop the steal truck outside. So I kind of started to get an idea of like, okay, this may be, you know, what they're on today because I'm not even, you know, in D.C. right now and it's already starting. Um, And then just how it progressed throughout that day was just really crazy. And I used to intern on the Capitol and I was just kind of looking at it in disbelief, Um, seeing them in Nancy Pelosi's office. I was in my head thinking, how did you even know how to get there? It, yeah, the, it's very right? hard to find yeah it's very hard to find places you know like in the capital like that watching the police just stand there i mean i know we were all thinking about it but to see how the hey, police yo, shoot them, him <laughs> that's all I was and these people had they weren't wearing masks you know they had their faces out on tv with no shame because they know nothing is going to happen to them and these people are sitting here and let them invade the capital I was very enraged. Like it was just a very angry moment for me. Um, And it also felt like this is really everything coming to light. This is a fruition of what we have been telling you all for four years that this man, who he is, 
Um, so it was also that factor and just, yeah, very angry at the Republicans that enabled him and allowed it to get here. So it was just a very upsetting day and very close to home. Um, I interned in that building for like three years. So very close to home and just enraging. I was just pissed. Now, now let me ask you this because, you know, like I say, you interned in that building. So tell me what it takes to get into the Capitol. Um, like what protocols, what like type of security you have to go through? Like, so as a black woman who I'm sure, or I'm not even sure I know it's very, I'm sure it's very different from you walking through DC, walking into those spaces, even if people recognize you to an extent, um, like, like what type of, you know, frankly BS that you have to do to just get to work when you're an intern on the Hill. Um, and what type of security you have to go through and what what was it like seeing what you have to go through just to get to work and then seeing some crazy ass white folks just walk into Nancy Pelosi's office? Yeah. So to go into work for staff, for one, there's always security people outside. The Capitol is really huge. So there's a bunch of different entrance points. Um, but so there's like designated ones for visitors, designated for staff, et cetera. Um, so to go into one of the main buildings as a staff member, you would have to get through, um, there's security outside and then you go through a metal detector inside, you put all your belongings, um, inside a little tray and you go through a metal detector. Um, and then once you go through that, you can pretty much go to your office. If you're going to the cafeteria or something, or you're going through a hallway or you need to go to a different building. There's more security down there and there's uh, metal detectors. You can't bring water bottles or anything like that. Um, so for each different pathway point, like the, the train that takes you to the center, like everywhere there's uh, security around. So, and you either much to get through those is you have to show like a staff badge or something. My job, that sounds like my job security. That's they how, <laughs> yeah, that's how our tower is too. Yeah, but I mean, day. like, Kayla was saying like that's why rage was felt like just to know that these are not things that like any normal person can just come and like override like any security procedures metal detectors anything so for there to just be a complete like blatant disregard for any form of stopping security protection it just was like I mean it was disbelief I feel like there was so many different emotions that were felt there was amusement it was just shock there was fear there was rage like it's still almost just disbelief a week and, a, and like some change later i still can't believe this really happened you know and, you know seeing that they didn't call the national guard too yeah. i was just like wow this is really right. some, they had like, the national like, guard on speed dial this summer they had, speed one, dial. they had one black dude protecting everybody and, and and he did a fuck of a job let and, me say that and if you go back and look at the video and what's enraging is that you have all these white cops like hey no go ahead what's up you know, walk through trip, taking photos then you got the black dude like i gotta save the day <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's gotta save the day again i mean um yeah. okay so I, I don't i don't want to keep going into that Mainly because I think that it's the time of the past. Well, not even that. I, I believe it was Raphael Warnock. Which, which, by the way, if you're in Georgia, I'm really mad y'all didn't tell me that Rev be actually preaching, preaching. Um, I actually watched one of his sermons, and um, he was saying that you know when you cut the head off a snake, that snake is going to move violently and convulse, but it's not because it's still living; it's because it's dying. So you know, he said that because he believes that what you saw, um, what was it last Wednesday? Um, that boy country. 
Yeah, but 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 no. What what you saw last Wednesday was not necessarily you know some 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 power move. It was kind of a last convulsion yeah. uh, of a snake to die. Now, now now that in no way means that white supremacy is dead, but that it that was to in my opinion that was one of the last stands of what Trumperism is. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that that Republican Party, um, which I don't want to get too deep in that because that's not really the point of this pod, but that Republican Party is going to have to shift and they're gonna have to rebrand in some way shape or form because you cannot just continue to double down triple down and then quadruple down on the trump version of white supremacy like like that might not work yet even in that like second to that like you saying there has to be a shift or change i think too honestly with the democratic party we're seeing a shift as well like warnock on the ticket wasn't your ideal democratic candidate you know he was a man that was not married but divorced, a black man that was divorced, you know, running for this position. He was a man from the South that supported, you know, gay rights and gay marriage and, you know, was pro-choice. And that's a lot of things that we haven't seen from, you know, our new age Democratic Party, let alone, you know, somebody black being the face of that um, for the state of Georgia. So as much as we're seeing the shift in the changes with what potentially the new Republican Party might look like, whether it's completely on one side or the other, or, you know, having to take more control, I think we're slowly going to be seeing a shift in all of politics too, because our new, you know, him being in this new role now looks different than former people who've been in this role, what he stands on, what he came, where he came from and, you know, what he looks like, of course. Um, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I agree definitely to an extent. Um, but that, but that's a great uh, transition. Hey man, you're getting kind of good at this podcast thing. That was, that was a great transition, though. Um, that, that 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 lets us transition into um, really our final question and uh, the point of this entire pod. And I'll, I'll open it up with you um, because you know you you were there in many ways, or you were adjacent to this administration. Um, what do you expect, or more so, what do you want to see um, in the first 100 days of the Biden Harris administration? Yeah, so I expect that his first 100 days is going to be a lot different than how it would traditionally be under normal circumstances. Um, So I think that what I'm expecting for this first 100 days is I really want to see coronavirus get controlled. Um, I know 100% that the team that he has around him, that they'll be able to get it controlled, but there's a lot that they just have to act on quickly um, with how things have been spiraling out of control because of Trump's lack of leadership. You know, we all know he hasn't attended a coronavirus briefing in months. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting that on track and getting this vaccine distribution to the right place where it is. Um, I know that his goal is to get 100 million shots in his first 100 days. Um, so he wants to vaccinate 100 million people and that's going to take a lot in 100 days so that's going to take a lot of manpower um, and work and improvements to state distributions as well um so i think that covid19 is definitely going to be his main priority focus in this 100 day time frame um and hopefully we can start getting to that new normal that is really what i'm looking for right now for this pandemic to be controlled um, and then in addition to that, I would definitely say student loans. I would love if we can start getting somewhere on that. I do hope that he puts mm-hmm. out an executive order for it. Um, I, you know, I think the 10,000 is just a start 
And hopefully, you know, he'll be listening to people like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders who can work closely with him. Um, I know that he mentioned that he wanted Bernie Sanders to be the secretary of labor, but we really need Bernie in the Senate right now. Absolutely. Um, so I hope that he's going to be able to have like a really good relationship with people like the Bernie's and the Elizabeth Warren's in the Senate who can push him to those um, more progressive things that he kind of like, you know, flirted with a little bit while he was running. Um, so I would say that. And then the environment, um, climate change is just ticking right at our doorknob, I say a lot. Um, and so I think it's really, really important that we can really start trying to change the scale of things there. And then, of course, racial justice, um, criminal justice reform. I hope that he's able, I'm really excited about the systemic racism experts that he's appointed to his cabinet. And I'm excited to see that the work that they're going to do. Um, and I hope that he will be able to grow criminal justice as like a real pillar of his administration. I think that would be a great angle to do it since this cabinet is so diverse and he has a Absolutely. lot of experts on the matter. Um, so I think that's what I would like. I know everyone wants a lot of things and mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot, a lot to do in the first 100 days. There's definitely going to be, we should expect a lot of executive orders reversing things that Trump has done to just try to get us to a better place. Um, so he has a lot of work cut out for him. Um, um, but I have a lot of faith in him, but we'll see how it all goes. Well, what's up? What you think? Um, what do you want to see out of the first 100 days? I think that my sentiments kind of agree with Kayla in the sense of like, he has like four crises that Biden is coming into the responsibility with, with the pandemic, of course, with this racial war that's being, you know, instilled with global, you know, warming and climate change and all that's happening too. And then just kind of having this complete lack of trust in politics. So I think that first for me, I also would just like there to be more restriction implemented for COVID management and control. I feel like right now with every man for themselves, like things are just getting worse and worse despite mask mandates, despite, you know, cities and states and countries having their own, you know, real will to do what they want. I feel like there needs to be kind of like a created set ordinance for what should the standard be for these first hundred days, whether that looks like yeah. mask mandates, you know, globally where that, I mean, I think that's important, but I also second that with like stimulus funds being able to be provided so businesses can do the right thing and be able to shut down without worry of having to like go, you know, just out of business because we're in an economic like downfall too. So I think the stimulus and the pandemic management is kind of the top two for me. And then just glazed on top, like icing, I need those student loans to kind of go away because I wasn't paying them anyways in this year of our Lord. Hey, so listen, I, I, I get them student loans. Yeah, Jesus. they can like wait. But everything else, I feel like if we do have the power to be able to make a change, this is the time now to go ahead and put that foot forward. Show us that you want people to be safe and vaccinated and available to live by, you know, being strict and firm with these days. It might not be favorable to most people, but I feel like it has to save a life somewhere. And the money is the money. It's needed. Leto? Um, I think if, if we were playing the Uno game, um, Trump hit Biden with like a, a draw four. For sure. And I just hope that that draw four was a couple skips in the reverse. Or two. 
<laughs> like, let's reverse back some of these policies. Let's skip over all of this pandemic shit and get everybody vaccinated and, you know, to 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 somewhat um, normalcy, normalcy. Um, a draw $2,000 for everybody <laughs> to put it in their pocket. A draw $2,000. Like, More than once <laughs> yeah, at that. Yeah, like, like a, a couple times. Once uh, a quarter. Yeah, and funny thing, my mom like hit me was like, yeah, well, well what you get with your STEMI? I said, mama, I ain't getting no STEMI. <laughs> <laughs> you um, got it. A little bit. Just but a you got bit. it. Some people I, didn't get anything. Well, I ain't that rich. All right. So, <laughs> or you're not claimed as like a dependent on your parents, you know, taxes. You got to get off. Um, but yeah i would like to see a lot of this uh these policies reversed um you know covid get take care of STEMI student loans um get them out of here i think that we just need to start from scratch right i think everybody's student loans needs to start from scratch start over (laughs) now now do i expect that no but would i like to see that yes graduate student loans too all right but um yeah that's where his bias comes in from um so I, I guess I'll go now. Yeah, um, Dama, what do you think? What would you I, like to I, I think I think we have an interesting opportunity um, as a Democrat, and, and I say as a Democrat because I am a Collin County Democrat. I do work with Move Texas. Um, I am involved in the D, um, the Democratic Party as a whole. I think we have an interesting opportunity. Um, you know, last time we had this kind of control, we really only had I want to say it was like fifty or so legislative days because Teddy Kennedy died. So, um, you know, that Obama administration, they thought they had two full years to really get some stuff done, but then Ted Kennedy drops dead. Um, God rest his soul. Um, and that kind of shifts the balance of power in the Senate. Um, so I mainly want just aggressiveness from these first 100 yeah, days. Yeah, I agree. Um, if we're talking about legislation, I would like the more act to be re- rewritten. And the more act is the marijuana, um, Legalization, declassification, and then record expungement um, act that has act passed the uh, the house, but um, would but but died on Mitch McConnell's desk because Mitch McConnell's the fucking ops. Um, I actually want that to be rewritten and add some more teeth to it, um, so we can have some more equity um, in the black community. And I say this because um, I'm from the south, um, specifically, like everyone else here is, but people from the south, I feel like all of us got some land in our family that you know your great aunt owned mm-hmm. that your grandma owned that's somewhere down in east texas or my family for example is, is in gonzalez texas um my some, family's in east texas some, somebody owns somebody owned five ten acres that was your great grandma's land and someone still pays the taxes on that land and it stays mm-hmm. in that family i believe that marijuana is going to be a cash crop i think marijuana um, in the next 20 to 30 years, will be as important as cotton was to this country at its founding. Um, and if black people who own this land in these states um, keep, the land. keep that land, um, specifically in, in, in states that have great agricultural land. We, we talk about what Black Wall Street looks like. Later, you're from Tulsa. Yeah. We talk about what Black Wall Street will look like when it's recreated. Um, some people say it'll be um, merchantilism. Some people say it'll be like e-commerce. Um, some people say, you know, it'll be, you know, profit sharing. It might be tech. Um, what if it's agriculture? Yeah. If, if marijuana really is going to be this cash crop that economists and econ nerds like myself believe it be, um, you talk about what type of land and growing land you have in like the Mississippi Valley in, in Alabama. 
in in in, in Louisiana and in, in, in rural Georgia in that black belt in in East Texas and Southeast Texas the type of really rich growing land which may remember the Confederacy on the South was propped up the nation economically up until about the 1840s. Um, so when we think about what marijuana could be for this country, I want my people to get that equity. So I want the more act to be rewritten. I want there to be, um, things put in place to ensure that we get that type of equity. Um, so that I can, you know, have that land. I can grow some marijuana and I can hire some farmers, et cetera, to go on that land, to grow it, to sell it in the type of generational wealth comes into my household from that land that I still own. I want these black farmers that are owed money by the federal government because their land was taken from them, was stolen, that it was um, that, that it was reutilized and re-resourced. I want them to get their money and I want them to be able to get on the ground floor. Um, once marijuana is legalized and in a D, I want to say it's classified, declassified at a federal level. Um, and that infrastructure is put in place. And I'm not talking about just growing. I'm talking about you know the contracts to move it logistically. Yeah. I'm talking about the dispensaries. I'm talking about the branding. I'm talking about the marketing. I'm talking about all of these things. And we're talking about this being a multi-billion dollar industry. And when we say multi, right. we're talking about it in the hundreds of billions of dollars. Um, I want to make sure that that equity portion is that, that it's in my people, especially because we were the ones that were getting arrested for that shit. Yeah. And, I, I, I like that you brought that up. I think that we need to take statistically how many people um, African-American versus white versus Hispanic and take those percentages who went to jail for like weed offenses or whatever. And that is who gets to grow it. So if 80% of black people was in jail, 80% of black people get to grow that shit. <laughs> and, and own that shit. And I'm going to stand on that. Free Cody. <laughs> Um, I mean, I I don't disagree with that. I don't know how that works. I don't know if you can write that shit in. But Same, hey, but hey, 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 get it done, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hey, yo, uh, Kayla. Um, one, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yes, um, we, we really appreciate you sitting and rocking with us. Um, you have anything you want to add? Anything you want to plug? Anything that's coming up? No, you got a new boss. I'm at the DNC. Um, so congratulations on that. I know we talked about it earlier. We're Something excited about Jamie. that. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. I'm excited for your, you guys' podcast. I think it's going to be like very fun. Hope, ho- hopefully, um, ho- hopefully it's good. Um, we appreciate you rocking with us. Uh, let's give uh, Kayla one more round of applause, y'all. Actually, let me. Yes, my, thank you, Miss Kayla. We really appreciated it. Together, um, get that hand clap. No, I say later and give you a round of applause. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kayla. Um, we got to get up out of here, man. We appreciate you guys rocking with us. This is this is our first episode, guys. How how y'all feel about that? Um, not gonna lie, they had us in the first half, but <laughs> <us> in the <laughs> first half. I think it went really well. Happy to be here with you all and be able to just kind of speak on this platform. So, all right, man. I'm, I'm giving y'all a little bit of lucky day on the way out, man. Kayla, we appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Thank Bye. you. You too. You did it, man. You don't, you don't, you don't know misunderstood by lucky day. I also don't know misunderstood by lucky day. Are you serious? Yeah. What are we talking about? We man? gotta be up together, girl. How you guys feel? Look at me, Sam. I mean, I feel good. I think it went really well.